Knock, take it. Hey there, welcome to... No, 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 do it again! Hey there, welcome to both Cycles and Misfits. This is like one nine hundred porno. Cycle garage in sunny Santa Cruz, night in the house. Yeah. Oh my, oh my. Psych, hey, welcome to Motorcycle Cycles yes. and Misfits. <laughs> Coming at you from the Santa Cruz Recycle Garage. What? Oh my God, those are the chills, the chill vibes coming you're at fuck, you. You made me fuck it up, man. No, I didn't. Coast. You make you do anything. All right. Do you want a grown up to help you? Yes, please. Jim, take it. Books say it can't be here again. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Bagel, who do we have in the house tonight? <gasps> we have <laughs> in the house Miss Emma. Hey, Liza, we didn't print no fucking emails tonight. What's up? <laughs> Hello, darlings. <laughs> Hello, Miss Emma. <laughs> Hello, Bagel. <laughs> and we have Knock. Hey, how you doing? And next to Knock is Michael. Howdy do, everybody. And last but not least is Naked Jim. You get a goddamn job before sundown, <laughs> or I'm shipping you off to military school with, with a goddamn Finkelstein shit kid. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> wow. Yes, it's that kind of a podcast yeah. tonight. Oh my. So, uh, no, we've we, we have we have got a. Uh, <laughs> A golden shower of piss poor <laughs> entertainment for you over the next yes, straight, however long it takes. To the peach golden oh, Liza, Liza, oh, Liza, Liza is away. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes um, a dog that almost got electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we got to talk about that. We, we are oh, going to talk about Josh that. Just showed up. He's got this uh, with beautiful dog with. Him. I think it's an Elkund <laughs> or something like that. Um, so yeah, knock. Yes. Get a grip of this fucking. What thing. are we going to be doing tonight? Oh, tonight? Yeah, right now. We're uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, Liza. Oh. If you guys didn't know, is on her way to a Vintage Day. She rode. She left what Saturday morning? Saturday morning. Yeah, she bounced. Yeah, and so she is in what Wyoming right now? She right. Yeah. So um, coming into uh, Laramie, Wyoming, right now. Oh, nice. I think she was Laramie. she was she was bare fist boxing tonight. Oh, cool. I think that's she's she's got to make her, her money somehow. Yeah, <laughs> like, like arm wrestling truckers and shit. Okay. Well, they don't stand a chance. Yeah. So she's out. She uh, we won't. She won't be back till you know next week. However, oh, correct, um, correction. She's actually in in uh, uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's already passed. Oh. Larry. She's making good notes. She had the the KTM whatever supermoto yeah. adventure loaded up and and was ready to roll. So yeah, we got a what we did today. And Jim's going to talk about some stuff. Bagel, you got some stuff. Emma. Yeah, I got to yeah. talk some and then stuff. Uh, we'll do emails. So it'll be, you know, hopefully a short show. Well, you know, um, it is going to be a shorter show, but I, show. I, it is going to be a shit show as well. But that I've wanted to get through a few of these emails because yep. they are backing up. Just a reminder to everyone, we read every single email. But... You know, if we read them all on air... We just like hearing ourselves talking. Now. Yeah, you basically. Talking. So, <laughs> Nog, what did we do today? Oh, uh, well, I showed up late. Um, <laughs> yes. But, uh, Jim, you had a cool story. We had some visitors today, didn't we? Yes, we Oh, did. yeah, that's right. We had visitors over the weekend, so a big shout-out to uh, Ash and Jay. They oh. were fucking awesome. Oh, right? they are. <laughs> So what's the story? They just roll up. They were great. Well, you know, we get people that listen to the podcast that come through town every now and then, yeah. and a lot of times it's not on a Sunday, but everyone wants to come see the garage. Yeah. And you know, we've always been pretty accommodating to that, or even throw a ride together. So they reached out. We actually met them down at um, Lucky Wheels Garage in L.A. when we were down there. Yeah, that was what two, three weeks. <clears throat> yeah, ago? a few weeks ago. Yep. And uh, and met them down there, and they were just super nice and. And if anyone remembers, that's when Liza roasted Jay about her Harley. And, um, but they were real good sports about it. So they were just doing a, a road trip and happened to pass, be passing through on Saturday. And I didn't have anything going on. So I'm like, yeah, sure, let's hook up. So they got into town. Um, I think they were in, were they in Stockton or somewhere. And uh, got into town. We, we grabbed some lunch. And they were super loaded down. She had this. The, anyway, you have to kind of. Maybe we'll post a picture of the bike, but uh, Jay had like 145 pounds of gear on his Harley. God damn! And she weighs about 100 pounds, maybe. Yeah, I think the guy, the gear weighed more than her. Oh, it definitely did. It definitely. But she rocked that shit, man. Oh hell yeah! Fucking, she's legit. So um, yeah. So they came into town. We went and grabbed some lunch. Um, 
and then took a ride up into the into the redwoods. Nice. So went up Felton Empire, um, up to the fire station. We didn't go too far because they'd had a long day already. So um, up to the fire station, then went down into Bonnie Dun and came down Highway One, then West Cliff, and actually through the boardwalk. So they got a the great. I got a taste Santa of Santa Cruz, Cruz, Cruz yeah. Yeah, yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, you know they haven't done a lot of riding, or at least uh, Ash hadn't done a lot of riding in the twisties. So I think it was cool for her to get up in the redwoods and see some nice curvy roads and, nice. and all that shit. And um, traffic okay. Yeah, because up Felton Empire, there's not, um, you know, there's no there's no destination up there. So anytime I, you know, on busy weekends, you can head up there, and there's usually not too many cars, and yeah. so it was chill. Um, That's cool. Yeah, what was cool about it? So they need a place to stay, and as Michael's finding out, starting on his trip, it's hard to just kind of find places on the go this time of year on the coast of California. And so they're like, "Hey, can you help us out with a place to stay?" And I was like, "Huh." I mean, they were welcome to stay at my house um, and pitch a tent because I got a full house at the moment, but. I thought about our other friends who are hosts at an RV park down in Salinas. So I connected them. They connected really well. Um, they're all cool people. So they ended up camping at the park down in Salinas last night, which I thought was cool motorcycle shit, community stuff. Right. And then this morning we met. Uh, we all met for breakfast, yeah, didn't we? Yeah. I rode down to, uh, got up early, had some coffee and rode down to Monterey yeah, uh, nice. to Emma's house where I was greeted by you and. Mike and uh, what was it, Tyler? Yeah, and uh, Tyler, a new new friend. Yeah, and um, yeah, we we had a real good breakfast and visited with um, with them and. Yeah, well, yeah. So we I went down to Emma's place, then we bounced over to uh, Salinas and uh, and met with uh, Ashley and Jay at the Black Bear Diner and feasted like on. 10,000 know, have you, have, have you noticed that when visitors come into town, eating figures a lot? Because yeah, yeah. you have to ride, ride yeah. to eat. That's yeah, right. misfits do like eating. <laughs> but it was fun. They were super cool and they were really fun to hang out with. So it's nice when like listeners roll through and they're actually fun to hang out with, which is almost all the time. Right. I got to say. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Oh, the other thing is I got to tell a story just because this will drive lies and nuts. Is, um, while, so they want to come and see the garage, right? But it's Saturday. We're closed. So I brought them down anyway just so they could check it out. And then we all this kind of stuff. And this guy was returning. had uh, rented Liza's Versus. Oh, God. That she loves so dearly. <laughs> and now I'll preface it by saying that this guy's an experienced writer. He came up on a on a Super Duke and you know and had his shit together. But he just wanted to try one. He heard they were really good and was thinking about buying one and all that. So he's returning it, and I'm checking it in, checking him in on Twisted. Is it Twisted Road? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. And uh, checking him in on the the app thing, and I'm like, "So how's the bike?" And he like could not have been more unimpressed by the verses. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah, but I mean. And I told Liza, and she was like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." To be fair, if you've been riding a liter bike, that's the thing. You're gonna be unimpressed with yeah. the 650 verses, just because you're gonna be unimpressed with any 650 bike. Um, if you're like riding a Super Duke where they're right, powerful exactly. and not really good. Look, Versus 650s are yeah. great bikes. They really are no, bitching is, bikes. And Versus 1000s are bitching bikes. Well, that's though. what I told them. I'm like, why didn't you run a fucking 1000? It's probably a very, because it's a different motor, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a probably very different experience. It's a hugely different experience. Right. It's basically, it's got a Ninja 1000 engine, so the it's versus, got plenty of horsepower. Yeah, the 1000 is a phenomenal bike. I've right. had the opportunity to test it out pretty well, and it's, it's good so, stuff. It was so, just, you but, know, but it was, we, yeah. we all love our bikes. I mean, you remember, I, I was completely obsessed with that PC800. Nobody else dug them. Mm-hmm. And Liza loves that but Versus you know, it's 650. A, it's a great bike. It's a great it's bike, a great to bike but... But, 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 you know, yeah, but the, the, the trouble is, if anybody is kind of unimpressed or trashes your bike, it's like they're being rude to your children. Oh, my so God. <laughs> it's but like, anyway, you, so. Your children are unimpressive, Liza. One of oh. them, anyways. <laughs> and the rest of them are all fucked up, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it was cool to see Ashley and Jay. They rolled through, and they got to see the train room and all that kind of stuff. So, so that was cool. So that was, other than that, I didn't do much today. Okay, very good. Well, we had some, we... We had some stuff going on at the garage. It was kind of a day with a couple of electrical problems. Yeah, um, it was electrical. What well, what did that dude roll up on that uh, Frankenstein? Oh, the Bandit? That yeah. thing is cool. It was pretty bitching. So, so, it's a Gen 1 Bandit. And it had been highly modified, to say the least. Mm. So, so what, what year does that make it? God, I didn't even look. It could be anything from late 90s through to, mm-hmm. I think... God, I want to say 2007, the water-cooled ones came in. Whatever. Um, but 
it was modified. It got yeah. upside down front forks on it from a Jixxer. Um, it had got a single-sided Ducati swing arm on it. Yeah, that was really cool. The rear subframe was, cool. was cut and shut. Uh, yeah, bunch of stuff. It was cool because it's not only just the swing arm, but also the linkage and the suspension. Oh, yeah, it, it had a ton of modifications. Yeah. But it had terrible wiring on it i mean terrible <laughs> frighteningly bad yeah it was all good like when you guys opened up the headlamp no big deal and then all of a sudden you took the seat and tank off just, i like, just oh. wanted to run away <laughs> it was yeah. it was multicolored wet spaghetti oh is that oh, yeah, oh. and you know it's it's funny that i've noticed this that a lot of people who are very very good bike engineers just can't get the friggin' head around wiring you know, it's 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 like a black art. It's those angry pixies. Like, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. yeah well, let, you everywhere. let the smoke out. Yeah, yeah. the magic smoke. Yeah. But yeah. you did a uh, you did do some carb work, right? Because it's got it had pod filters on it. Yeah, it that, that you really know, compact four into one exhaust, which I didn't like because right. you know you can. That was an exhaust. That was just chopped headers. I thought it was yeah. chopped headers. <laughs> and actually, that bike, if you he had a collector on me, he had a collector of yeah. sorts, of sorts, yeah. But you know, if if you just get a little bit of back pressure through that, it actually run a lot better. Oh yeah. And that's what I told him. I said, you know, you get some kind of muffler on that, even a little one, you'd actually get it to run a lot better. Yeah, um, you're just ride it around at like ten grand everywhere. Yeah, It'll run just fine right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, and. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he got it sorted out though. It was turn signals and shit, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just wanted. You know, I think he. We all want to try and stay on the right side of the law if we can. And it's always kind of embarrassing if you're riding a custom bike and you get pulled over by the popo. And they say, yeah. well, show me your turn signals. They don't work. So um, You just go like this. Yeah, arm signals only. Arm yeah. signals working. And then uh, what, new, guy, uh, <laughs> new guy Tyler had a kill switch issue or something, didn't he? New guy Tyler had a oh, kill talk switch. Talk about his bike, how he came up with that whole thing. So that's kind of an interesting story. Do you want to tell the story, Mike? Because you kind of met him first. I mean, yeah, I mean... Uh, as, as, as I understand it, uh, I met this guy yesterday at a coffee shop in Monterey, and uh, as I understand it, he had traded an old CB450, is that the bike? That's it. Mm. Yeah, he traded a CB450 uh, to this guy for that he had paid 800 bucks for non-running to this guy for like this fantastic sportster uh, hardtail. Uh, with a big wide glide front end, and uh, and it was a car- it was a carbureted Sportster hardtail with a wide glide front end. Looked, you know, it was definitely a, a, a cool bike uh, in terms of the looks department. I would hate riding it, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, it's a rigid frame, so yeah, you, so need, yeah. you need to have your wits about you. Oh, it was an ass about you, yeah. I was, was definitely an ass basher. I was behind him watching his vertebrae just crush as we went over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chunks of things. There were some bumps on those farm roads. I was like, oh, that had to hurt. Three mm. inches shorter at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's a pretty bike. It looks good. Although the chain was taking chunks out of the tire, too. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. engineering-wise, it was like 90% there. But the wiring, it's back to the wow. wiring again. Yeah. Really well-engineered bike. But, dear God, the wiring was like, cool, blimey. Um and he his kill switch wasn't working so we had a look underneath and i'm like this kill switch is never gonna work dude mm-hmm. so um it's on off with the key on that kill switch is typically grand a frame right i guess some do some do some yeah do. it depends okay. it, it, it's an open or i can't remember if it's open or well some are open some are closed right. it depends on the igniter you've got yeah. on the bike um so your kill switch can do one of two things it can either open the circuit which is great or it can close the circuit oh which is also great yeah um or not be connected at all as in this case (laughs) (laughs) and actually you know it's the best scenario because mid-80s hondas were friggin' notorious for this you would literally ride your bike into the garage and go out to it the next morning and the thing wouldn't spark and it it'd crank and crank and crank and crank and you have no bloody spark hmm. yeah. and people were throwing coils on them and CDI boxes all it was was just the kill switch they just get a little bit of corrosion in them and that's it yeah. they, they, you have to have 
absolute full continuity in the kill switch for it to even spark and they they were falling short so you know if somebody wants to hardwire a kill switch it's okay with me because my mind is open like if you short it to frame it right right right. so it's reverse but i mean i think the idea with a kill switch is if you're dumping the bike you can just hit the kill switch and the Mm -hmm. engine will die but truthfully, if I'm throwing a bike down the road, the last thing I remember to do before I come off is, oh, I must turn off the kill switch. Right. I mean, there's more important things like staying alive in my head. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's for when somebody goes to go pick up the bike after yeah. you've laid it down. I thought right. it, they built those things there so you could just fuck with your friends at stoplights. Well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, two bikes, nicely engineered bikes, terrible electrics on both. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to know who else showed up today? Quiet Matt. Oh, that's dude, right, that's Matt. right. Okay. Quiet Matt. Concourse, huh? Hold on a second. No. <laughs> I pulled up before I could even take my helmet off. I smelled nothing but varnish. Oh, dude, that I was, was like, so God damn it. Quiet Matt stunk up the neighborhood. Yeah. Should we call it the fumigator? I think we should. Yeah, we should change yeah. it to the fumigator. He got he got given um, oh, boy. a concourse, Gen 1 concourse, rifle. which had... <laughs> it's... It's been off the road, I think, for 10 years. Oh, shit. With fuel in it. Oh, uh, that was, yeah. it's like, oh my God, nightmares to my first bike. Yeah. So, what? Yeah, <laughs> he's torn right now because I believe the deal is, and it's something to do with his boss, that you can have the bike if you get it going. So, we, we, it was obvious the carbs were done. Yeah. Um, and the key doesn't there. operate the gas cap. And we'll come to that in a minute. Oh, no. But it's obvious he needs to spend some money on this. So what do you do? And this is a this is a great hypothetical question. You're given a bike. Yeah. So you're into it for nothing. And it's contingent on you getting the bike running, which I, I don't think is unfair. If it's coming through from a friend or a friend, hey, listen, I'll give you this bike. I'd love to hear it running again. Yeah. You know, if you can get it running, you can have the bike for free. So you've got to get it running. Well, what, what's he into so what it for besides a rebuild kit? Just well, like, just that's it. When you put four rebuild kits on it, Andy's going to need a pedcock. So a couple of hundred bucks? There you go. Yeah. Now, Slippery you slope. S- yeah. You, yeah, How about it, you just do this? You just put the fucking jug on there and just get it running, technically? I, not I like, don't think yeah. I'm re- yeah. You know, I don't know. I really it don't. It runs, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, he. I know he wants... The thing is with Matt, he's got um, that K75 BMW, and he likes touring. Mm. So he kind of wants the bike, but he's, like all of us, he's kind of short of real estate. Mm. I'd buy a ton of bikes, but I just haven't got the room for them all. Yeah, Um, yeah. But he's at the stage now, I, I, I said to him, I said, you know, you can... You can clean these carbs as much as you want, but you're gonna have to spend some money on it. Yeah. And I don't know whether he wants to. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, at this point, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> like, if you're, if you're riding out of room in your garage or you're riding out of space anywhere, I'm like, right. mm. I so, tried, dude. You know what? <laughs> he really did try, though, because, like, uh, I was looking at the frame and I saw this, like, yellow powder all over Yes. It. Apparently, the thing was set on fire. He set it on fire. <laughs> and so it was just fire extinguisher Shit. powder. It oh, wasn't. No. Well, <laughs> that changes a little. He got it to fire. Yeah. And I do the same thing at work, excuse me. Yeah. That's I the, not the right kind of fire. No, I know it's not. <laughs> so if a bike comes in at work... It's infernal that, combustion engine. Infernal <laughs> combustion engine that hasn't been run in a while. My favorite saying is, let, let's see if we can get it to thump. Yeah. And so you'll just squirt a load of combustible material, and you can use ethanol, you can use carb cleaner, up the intake, and hit the button. And see if you can get it to thump. Well, um, that works really well. But the problem is, is number one, if it coughs back, now it coughs combustible material all over the battery, (laughs) which is potentially a bad situation. Sure. But in Matt's case, he got kind of addicted to hearing this thing running on (laughs) ethanol. He made made an ether baby. We used to do these in the army. Exactly. And when you start spraying ether up the intake for 
minutes on end, like 15 minutes, <laughs> which I think he had. It basically oh, turns man. into a bomb. Oh yeah. And so um, he set the bike on fire. I mean, he's really lucky that yeah. he didn't set Santa Cruz well, on fire. I think fire. he owns the bike now. Right. Well, I, I had a look over it, and the, some of the wiring harness is a little bit charred, <laughs> and the top of the shock yeah. absorber is equally... It's a little misshapen. It, well, having to clean the car it's doesn't seem so bad powder now. Coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like uh, what my mom used to say to me when we used to go to the supermarket. Put it back! Yes. Put it back! <laughs> well, Put it back there, no? He's, we're not getting that. Wait. I promise we're going to come to the fuel tank. We're, we're, we're not <laughs> the, the gas tank. So when you put, if you have a gas cap, the, put the key in and turn the key. You might be interested to know what actually happens. So you put the key in and you turn the tumbler. Yeah. Well, on seized. the bottom of the tumbler, there's a couple of fingers. And those yeah, fingers yeah. engage with a couple of, I suppose you want to call them rods. They're usually square rods. Yeah, little poles. Yeah, like yeah. poles. And they pull in. And the gas cap opens. Mm. Well, what happens in a really, really bad scenario is you put the key in, the tumblers turn, and the fingers engage on the pulls, but the pulls are so rusty and so nasty, they won't move. And that's where he's at with the tank. Oh, so the truth be told, <clears throat> I think when we finally get that gas cap off, the inside of the gas tank's just going to be so nasty it's going to be a horror story and Liza's got that spare gas tank off her concourse was it uh, stored with a tank full or like half or something like the that? worst scenario oh, probably a oh god that's the worst it's probably a quarter or a third full so uh, it's going to be a rust fest yeah and I've brought some pretty nasty tanks back but you know yeah. it's that RF900 I just did, mm. the tank on that was so nasty. It was so horrendous. I actually cut the bottom of the tank out. Oh, they just oh, put wow. yeah. the new, new one on Well, there. you could do that on the more modern tanks yeah. because they're flat-bottomed. Mm -hmm. So I just mm -hmm. cut the whole bottom out yeah. and cleaned it out. And I was scraping rust out of that in just back huge together. flakes. Yeah. yeah. And then put a new bottom in pressure tested it mm. and down the road but you can't do that on a concourse so is he stuck then like with chemicals and then like a like a brush like a flexible brush on a yeah kind of something i mean the old school tanks Oof. i've brought them back i made a tool and it's like a little rotary rotary wire brush yeah. and i welded it on the end of a rod mm. and you kind of go in through the filler cap mm -hmm. yeah but the problem is with a concourse it's got quite a small filler opening mm. and it's a deep tank and it's a long tank and so like crevices in there yeah too. so he might yeah. you know he might be in for a new gas tank right? you should start googling youtube videos on how to electrolytically remove that i don't know if you could do it internally though but yeah it's oh, sure. well, i don't know i mean can he just throw a bunch of nuts and bolts and some some cleaner up in there and be and shake the hell out of it? Well, like, you can. That's how I've yeah. always done it. It's yeah, that, no, the I mean, labor is just a pain in the dick. Exactly, man. and I mean, you know, he's he's getting to the he's getting to the stage now where if he wants it, he's going to have to say, "Look, I need to commit to some money on this bike." Well, yeah, yeah I mean, but if motorcycles were cheap and easy, everybody'd be doing them. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, no, you know, some some work. So, did you give him any advice? I told him not to cry too much into his beer. <laughs> no, I I basically gave him what I felt was sound advice with his carburetors, and I set him on the right path. And, yeah. you know, he showed up late today. He showed up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock. So I said, look, do what I told you with the carbs. And it mostly was cleaning out the jets, using da, 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 cleaning, oh, cleaning, cleaning. How are the we'll, carbs? Were they bad to you? Or actually, I mean, they were... Not okay. bad? They're nah, okay. they were... The, the worst thing about the carbs... Um, the butterflies were seized and they were just seized uh, with gummy shit. gas and we managed to get those squared away just by using oh, carb okay, cleaner cool are, there, are right. they cv carbs or yes okay yes and those slides are okay yes cool so yes. i think the carbs will be okay but um hmm. you know i don't i don't know where i'm at with a bike i mean it's right on the brink yeah if you wanted to do it properly so remember it's been off the road for 10 years if you wanted to do it properly you need to put tires on it. Yeah. You need to put brake lines on it. You need to flush all the fluids oh, and yeah. do a gas tank. Oh, dude, yeah, not even the fucking coolant if it just sat yeah. in there. Yeah. Like, ugh. So it's, that's you, uh, a, it, it's a thousand bucks. It's a yeah. thousand bucks right there. But that's okay because 
you know, a, a Gen 1 concourse, and it's a genuinely yeah. low-mileage bike. It's only got, like, 15,000 on it. Oh, wow. So, I got a question for you. Yes. related. So there's there are heat pipes that go down from the top, right, on the Kawasaki Inline 4s that it make? Yes. Those things, yeah. Okay, I remember mine having, like, just ate itself apart because it sat for so long, and yeah. I didn't order new ones. Because there's like, it's water cool. It comes from the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's the thing that he has probably got to take a look at too, probably. Right. Exactly. Because, so. I mean, it's anything that's been standing for that long. All the fluids are going yeah. to be toast. Did, did you guys talk paperwork at all? Like, yeah, apparently the pa- paperwork's fine. It's all current? Yeah. It's, like it's, huh. um, it's non-opt, so there's no back fees on it. That's and it's cool. legit. I mean, it's got cool. a clear title. And, you know, I'd spend a thousand bucks on it if I like concourses more. Mm. You know, it's it's concourse is a good bike, but it's not necessarily a likable bike. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's a big whale. Yeah, they don't fetch a lot. You know, if you're looking at right, Craigslist, but it's it's not. an ex, it, it's a capable bike. Yeah. Well, that kind of mileage, if you wanted to take it as like just a touring bike for a year or two, it's a great great yeah. deal. You know, when I in the summertime, when I do my training down in LA for the various manufacturers, I mean, the concourse would be a great thing. You just jump on it. I mean, they're comfy. It's like sitting on a big couch, and you yeah. wind them up to 100 miles an hour, and whoosh, off you go. There's really not many better tools, but it's not really a bike you can really get into. What was what was the first year they redid that Kawasaki? Oh, 2000. Seven, Five, seven? No, six or seven. Yeah, and I just—it's such a—it's amazing, dude. It's, it's a huge contrast from like old nineties tech to like. What yeah, but you look at the difference in price. I mean, the yeah, Gen oh yeah, One, even the nicest Gen One, is like twenty five hundred bucks for yeah. like a bike that's done no miles in this perfect yeah. condition. The Gen Twos are just getting down to like six five six thousand now yeah okay. it's a huge difference in price but it's huge difference in bike yeah buddy mine got his for like 14 right. to some when it first came out you know so. in kawasaki this is typical kawasaki what they'll do is they'll hold on to a model as long as they can they've got a market for it yeah and it works well they'll hold on to it i mean yeah, i'm thinking ninja 250s ninja yeah. 250s were around forever and they never changed them and they were a fundamentally sound little bike and then they did the 300, which was definitely a step up. Yeah. And the new 400s are very, very good. You wouldn't think 100 cc's make that much difference, but I'll tell you what, the difference yeah, between the Ninja 400 and 300 is like, it's amazing. So Kawasaki will just hang on and hang on and hang on and then just completely change everything. Jesus Christ. The next one, I feel, is going to be the, the KLR650. Because that thing's unchanged since like that 80. That thing is a dinosaur. It's it, like the crocodile yeah, of shit. motorcycles. It's well, it's unchanged yeah. since the 80s. But, I mean, but what do you change? I mean, because all those those bigger dirt bike kind of things are all still carbureted. They're all you right. Know, people yeah. like them for those reasons. So what would you? I don't know. I mean, it's, it it what'll kill that bike? I suppose is either emissions or noise. Yeah. Because they're noisy, and. I don't know where they're at with Euro 4. I don't know whether they can go... Because Euro 4 covers a lot of things, and noise is in there as well. Like engine noise? Yeah. Drivetrain noise? Yeah, but at least they're water-cooled. Yeah. You see, yeah. if you take the three, and I'm thinking of the three, there's the um, the XR650L, the electric style. Yeah, that hasn't changed in a while either. That's completely unchanged. Yeah. You've got the DR650, which... Looks unchanged, but actually that got a new engine in the mid-90s. You've got the Gen 1 and the Gen 2, but it was a really subtle change. I still remember the really early ones that had the same engine as the Savage in them, which is going way yeah. back to the 80s. They still have that leaky O-ring where it just fills the cylinder. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's got all that. But all these are carbureted bikes and and virtually unchanged. And I think what's going to kill them off is, is uh, noise and emissions regulations because they're all really dirty for yeah. what they are. But they're great fun to ride. I mean, big singles well, they're are reliable, fun. Right, they're reliable. They're reliable. My favorite out of all of them is the Suzuki. I love those DRs. Yeah, I mean you know, the 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 Kawasaki though. It's also it's the most affordable. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a, it's it's they make them. You know, you cannot ride. get a bigger bike for less money new. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's it's a physically it's a big bike and it's a bike theoretically you can ride across the country. Mm-hmm. And people do. And people do, and you can get everything for it. I mean, everything. Yeah. Every imaginable accessory you can bolt onto that bike. There's huge markets like cottage industries for it. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I mean, it's a good buy. And they seem to hold their value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Decent ones still seem to go for like three. Yeah. Bill, did you do yes. stuff today? I did some stuff. 
What you do? I did a tire rotation on my Stella. Hang on. Now, wait a minute. Don't the tires rotate when you ride it? <laughs> they do. <laughs> no, the, Just checking. Or I should say a wheel rotation. That's the best dash. Unless you ride a Cossack urinal. <laughs> this is this is not something that us mortal motorcyclists can do is rotate our tires. Indeed. So But this is something that you can do with a vintage style scooter. Because? Because all th- all three tires are the same size. <laughs> Anybody else want to bite on that three tire one? <laughs> cool blimey, because you carry a spare, don't it, you? It has a spare under the left cowl. That's amazing. Yep. And that uh, is the most bourgeois thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three com- tires. Comes in very handy. because <laughs> uh, these are tiny little tires, you know. And yeah. things happen. They're tube they're tube tires, so you know, things happen. So yeah. it's good it's good to have a backup. And uh, at uh, the tender age of eight years old, uh, at just approaching 1500 miles my Stella has worn out the rear tire so I they last that long yeah do those tires last that long they they, they usually last longer than that but I think these these Savas are not the not the best compound and and it may have been overinflated for some of its life but ah you see there's the rub yeah because it's worn down right look after your tires and they will look after you yeah well the the guidance for the tire pressure is not uh, exactly kosher I think because it's they, it, I think it says something like thirty-five pounds for the rear tire. Like, it's, no, it's, it's like it's like pasta instructions. You know, fill until firm and you know tender. But How much a pizza like, you had at that night? That, so it's I'm, like I'm just more era. I'm experimenting. Are we going to get onto the subject of Italian Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> We're so always any, on that subject. So anyway, long story. Short, what was that shit called? Sorry, Spamoni. <laughs> long, long story short, I moved the the front tire to the rear. Right. Yeah. The spare tire, which is brand new, to the front, and the original rear to the spare uh, so that I have something in case oh god you've got my head spinning so I I just rotated all three tires in one one direction Wow, and uh, so then I've got I've got you know more tire to work with, and then when I wear out yeah. the, the second rear tire, then I'll go get an, a brand new tire and put that on what's currently the bald spare. Yeah, well, so I mean, yeah, you get the new tire on the rear because that's where all the weight is, right? So yep. there yep. you go. Yeah, so and that's so that's basically how you do it with a vintage scooter: is you you wear out the rear tire, then you move the front tire to the rear, <laughs> and and then you put a brand new tire on the front. So yeah. you always have fresh rubber on the front. And you wear out the rear. Now, I have a question for you, Bagel. That's awesome. Not knowing vintage scooters Mm -hmm. as well as you, is it just the Indian-made ones that have the spare tire under the left side cover, or... No. They all do. Uh, well, it all, de- it all depends. Um, Vespa started putting the, the spare tire under the left cowl with, I believe it was the uh, the Super Sport 180 uh, back in the mid-60s. And then uh, their, their large frame Vespas, or the, the top-of-the-line Vespas, typically had that spare uh, under the left cowl uh, since that time. So the 180s, 200s, right. um, they, they all had that. Uh, some of the small... The what about Lambrettos? Did not. Uh, Lambrettas did not have uh, room for it under the cowl, but they did have spare tire holders that were bolt- that bolted onto the uh, the the, uh, the center tube uh, and behind the leg shield, uh, so that you could carry a spare or on the rear rack. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, and and a lot of other vintage Vespa models had the same sort of thing: rear rack or uh, carrier on the okay, uh, very center good. Tube. Carry on. So yeah, so they were all designed to have interchangeable wheels, so that you could carry your spare for for either either front or rear. Just adjust the pressure accordingly, and uh, it's it's really a, a very handy uh, setup, I have to say. Okay. Well, it, I mean, if you think about it, though, it's brilliant. I'm exactly two to one on tires on my Aprilia, and that means that every other tire change, I got to put out both tires, right, front and rear. Right. Yep. And. I ride a lot. That's why I have a few motorcycles. If I were only doing duty on that one bike, you know, I'd be going through three sets of tires a year. Easy. Yeah. And it's it's hard because if you're doing like two to one, as most of us are, unless you make that leap of faith, if you want to change your brand of tires, if you're, oh, I'm done with yeah, Continentals, gotta, I want to, you've either got to buy two brand new tires. Yeah. Or you're always doing the. Well, or you've got to do. Yeah, yeah, you've got to do at least you know six to ten thousand miles depending on the tire. Right. Uh, way more if you're on like a Harley Touring slab. 
Um, but how cool that you only ever have to buy one tire at a time. And, pretty you know, much, yeah. You can space it out. Over, I mean, I don't, I don't know what those tires cost. I know sport bike tires are pretty expensive. But. Well, scooter tires, thankfully, because they're smaller, don't cost nearly as much. Um, you can get a decent scooter tire from 30 to 50 bucks. I'm getting a scooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they only last, you know, two, maybe 3,000 miles tops. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, your mileage may vary. No burnouts in the parking lot. Right. Uh, if you want to, if you want to, that's <laughs> fine. It's possible. That's included in that uh, that estimate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guess that's all we, we did. Is that it? Yeah. yeah, I guess. Should we just move on to emails? You know, like I say, I've been meaning to try and get through some of these emails because yeah. we have got a bit of a backlog. So um, yeah. let's let's do it. We have a stack of them. Right then. Yeah. Right. Bagel. Yes. What do you got? I have an email from Rick Greeley. Rick! Hey, Rick writes, hello, Misfits. Hello, Rick. This hey, is, Rick. This is Rick from Fort Collins, Colorado, saying hello and asking for advice. Hello! I have listened to your podcast on and off for about two years now and have thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> That's got to be worth a price, hasn't it? <laughs> two years, dear God. God, two years of your life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll start off by saying I only have enough funds and room in my garage for two bikes. Right now, those bikes are a 99 RM250 that I ride at a track and a DRZ... Oh, that's a beast! Yeah, and a DRZ 400 SM as a commuter and for canyon roads. Yes. Cool. Does it see where he lives? Uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. Okay, so you're the expert here on DRZ 400s, Mike. Uh, only because you made me one. Yeah, uh, okay. I do wish Charlie was here because Charlie actually tracks his a lot and he knows quite a bit well, about him. But anyway, well, let, me, let, me, let me finish the email first. Yeah, hit the email. He, he says the, the DRZ is trusty but slow, especially as I climb in elevation. As, mm. as yeah. my experience and knowledge of bikes is growing, so is my want for something with more hooligan in it. I'd also <laughs> like to be able to do longer rides. Should I sell the DRZ and upgrade to a larger displacement bike, KTM 690, TE610, maybe an adventure? touring bike or should i sell the two-stroke and get a four-stroke for the track and trail how important is fuel injection if you have a previous fuel injection discussion can you point to me that pod- point me to that podcast episode i would like to ride more more dirt so i'm leaning towards keeping the drz and getting a fuel injected kx 250f or similar but i want to know your opinion what two bikes should i try to get my hands on as riding season kicks in all right yeah, that's a thanks again one, for the entertaining podcast cheers uh, so look Rick here's the advantage for you with fuel injection and it's very very simple as you figured out the higher in elevation you go the more asthmatic and wheezy your DRZ 400 gets because all carbureted bikes get like that so you have to jet them for altitude and what happens is is um, as you get higher the oxygen gets thinner and basically the bike's acting like it's got its choke on so you need to introduce more air so usually if you if if you'll go to a smaller jet the higher in elevation but of course you know stripping a carburetor down is not always easy um a fuel injection bike especially one that uses a uh, an oxygen sensor which let's be honest with you 95 percent of them do it's all done for you so that's the biggest advantage with a fuel-injected bike, and it's a massive advantage. If you're going up in elevation and back down sea level and up and down and up and down, fuel-injection bike will do that all for you. Yeah. Only thing with a, with a KX... Nah, I don't know. The KX250 is a damn good bike, though. Yeah, Jim, don't you have one? He's got the KLX. No, yeah, yeah. I got the KLX now. There's okay. a big it's difference true. between yeah. a KLX and yeah, a KX. Yeah, there's a big this difference. There's about yeah. a million horsepower difference. Yeah, Motocross yeah. um, bike. Oh, yeah, that's... So, well... I mean, mo- moving on, I, I like, I, I have just two sets of tires for my DRZ. Yes. You know, and if you can afford it, two sets of wheels makes it even better. Yeah, you are making some concessions with the Supermoto front end. And yeah, the, the rear end is a little bit different than the S or the E model. Right. But, you know, I do really, you know, I was quite comfortable out at Hollister this season with a pair of 17-inch TKC-80s, which is a 50-50 tire. And, I mean, like, I'm no motocross rider, and if you're running out two-stroke, you know, that may be a little pedestrian for you. But I had a blast on my DRZ on dirt treads. Yeah, well, I would think unless you're logging some highway miles, the DRZ is going to be a a good setup for what he's talking about. So, I'll tell you what. How about if we suggest this? He gets the KX250 fuel injected. Because that's going to take... Because that's going to... Says, fuck yeah. Yeah. So, that's going to take care of all his dirty bike needs. And then, (laughs) if he wants the dual sport, 
just stick with the DRC. It's a great bike. You know, but but if he wants something that that has more hooligan to it, though, so, no, but he's so going to get me, all his hooligan out get on the DRC yeah, or something. <laughs> let, let me also state that if he hasn't already switched over to that pumper carb, that hooligans that bike pretty dang well. Oh, it changes the so, bike. So yeah. you have if you haven't already switched over to a. a a motocross style pumper carb that's going to hooligan the drz out quite a bit they they change incredibly with that pumper carb but he's still going to be in the same boat i mean even the best pumper carb in the world is going to be fat 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 when you get up in altitude right but, but is, is that is that going to be as effective in the altitude though that's what I'd be wondering. Yeah, I don't Cause, know. Because pumping more fuel is not going to do you a lot of good. Exactly. Well, that's that's the problem. The so. higher in altitude you get, the less fuel you want to pump. Right, right. Well, I mean, but if he stays at an... Like, say he stays within a 1,500-foot elevation He should range. stay inside and watch television. <laughs> well, that's you know, the, the other option is <laughs> he just gets himself a... Motorbikes are dangerous. A bigger fuel-injected hooligan bike, and he gave a good list. I, you know, I own the... Yeah. That's what my Aprilia is right. for. It's a bigger, more hooligan you know... Supermoto-esque, very soft Supermoto-esque. Right. Uh, yeah, but that, that makes good power, at Dossador. That's a great bike. Yeah. You know? Well, um, I've owned three DRZ 400 Supermotos, yes. a TE610E, mm-hmm. and yes. a KTM 690. So yes. I have all kinds of so things I, to say we, about I'm all sorry. three of those bikes. Well, you should have okay. just told me to shut up. I, I don't know. <laughs> so what's, what's your take on it? What would you do? Um, Keep that a KX and maybe get a bigger uh, dually? Uh, it really depends on the the kind of riding you're doing. If you have the yeah. money for a 690, it's it is a really good bike. It is, and yeah. it but is, it's expensive, it, isn't it, it? Yeah, I mean the the one that I had, it was a 07, and I didn't have to do that much to it, and uh, I was able to gear it to do really good freeway riding, and it was still a lot of fun because it has the power to do that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it was it was an 07, and it was fuel injected, but that was actually a thing that. I like the least about it because the fueling was kind of funny down low, right? And it kind of bothered me. Yeah, but it's got better now. It probably, yeah. You know, that's very, very early. I, I think, think also injection. the 690 SMC might be carbureted yeah. for certain right. years that the other 690s were fuel injected. So, so you think of getting like a 690 earlier model that's fuel injected, maybe like an ECU reflash or power commander? Might yeah, have if I had done that, I'm, yeah. that, yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure those really early ones didn't have an oxygen sensor because if if like you've an open loop or something yes if you've yeah. got a fuel injection system the the biggest bane of my life on my motor guzzi is the fuel injection system because it's an open loop it doesn't have mm. an oxygen sensor and i'm always messing around with it mm. it would run a lot better if i put an o2 sensor in it and i think that was the problem with those early bikes and eventually mm. they said yeah, yeah. we got to put an o2 sensor in it and it really cleans things up so um, yeah, you know, just spend money, spend money, yeah. buy bikes. DRZs like, can be really fun, but in stock form, yeah, it's they're not a bit exactly wheezy. a hooligan bike. Yeah, yeah they're, they're wheezy in stock form. So, what, what would at the end, what would you suggest? Like, if you it had to pick really one, depends you... on the money you have, what you can find. Uh, of course, <laughs> um, it's really hard to just say one. I would say maybe stay away from the Huskies, depending on what year. But the one I had, like the, I really did like the chassis and the handling of it. It had a Delorto carb, which was easy to work on, but not as ni- not as good to get running well because right. you had to buy new slides for it and stuff like that. But hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten so used to 90% of, 99% of what we do down here is based on Mikuni carburetors mm-hmm. and, or K-Hins, and they're so easy to tune. And you forget with Delortos, especially pumper Delortos, if you want to change the stroke on the pump, it's a new slide. If you yeah. want to change the cutaway, <laughs> it's a new slide. You, you can throw a lot of money at Delortos, and when they're working well, God, they're great carburetors. So, I, um, I had a Laverda with three Delortos on it, and it's a wonderful thing. Who is this uh, gentleman, gentleman's name again? Uh, this Rick. W- yeah, Rick, really. Rick, so if you're in this uh, episode uh, and you decide to get something, let us know. I would like to see... Uh, yeah, this is definitely is. an email that we need a part two. We need a follow-up, yeah. Exactly. Send us pictures. Okay. And he, he also says, uh, P.S., my up-the-butt bike is a Honda Africa Twin. Oh, yes. Smart man. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a very good bike. All very right. good. Uh, Jim, Bye. what do you got? 
Uh, I have a number of things. Take that joint but... out of your mouth. <laughs> Share them. All Share them all, treatable. darling. No, you don't want me to. Um, <laughs> good afternoon, Misfits. This is from John. Good afternoon, John. He doesn't give any more info, I don't think. But anyway. Uh, Johnny. Just a, is it uh, John or Johnny? John. Johnny. If he's a racer, he's Johnny. Yeah. If you don't race, Johnny you're Johnny Racer. Yeah. A couple episodes back, uh, we were discussing riding styles for different bikes. Yes. He never really noticed until he traded his big Harley Touring bike for a Triumph Tiger Explorer. That's a different bike. Yeah, the Triumph is one of the large 1200cc dual sport types. So the Harley lived in the two to 4,000 range, occasionally higher. The Triumph was more in the three to five grand range, but it didn't come alive until 6,500. It's, yeah, totally different motor. Oh, then the beans start kicking in. I think that was for you. Give me the beans. Give me the beans. Uh, even after taking uh, taking the difference a bit further, he talks about wind protection, um, the whole peg. So yeah, they're totally two. He just talks about the difference between the two, and yeah, they're completely different bikes. Um, anyway, just a few thoughts on different riding styles. I love the new Triumph, and we'll go back to the Harley. Losing 350 pounds and gaining 40% more horsepower puts a big smile on my face every time. Uh, John, thanks for all the great info. Yeah, you know, thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for writing in. I always like to play devil's advocate with the Harleys because there is... I kind of like messing about with big Harleys. I hate to say it. There's an attraction to it. There is sure. an attraction to it. I mean, if you're on the freeway, your legs are forward... You know, it's like you're mm-hmm. sitting in an armchair, you've got big leather couch underneath you, and the engine's just loafing along. It's definitely a riding style. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you don't get much different to an Explorer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, true that. All right. We got one from, uh, doesn't say his name. But, uh, Slim Shady. Slim Shady. This is from Slim Shady in Nowheresville. This is actually a question for you, Emma. Oh, uh, next seven Sportster question uh, mm. for Emma. Hello from Milwaukee. How are you guys doing? Oh I'm my currently wa- uh, what? What are you doing? Like a writing to California now, from Milwaukee? I should point. Shame on you. I should like point out the, the, the reason for the hesitation is Nock is actually reading this off his phone. So it's, it's just no super, emails, Liza. It's, it's a supreme <laughs> that. effort that, that's from my Nock. Fault. I'm gonna yeah. get a bunch of shit for that. All right. Uh, I'm currently catching all these episodes. Uh, he's on episode 165. I can't believe. Oh, you got a way to go, uh, mate. Yeah. What are we up to right now? Two forty. Yeah, the yeah, uh, best way to listen to is catch a new one, catch an old one, catch a new one, catch an old one. Uh, I have a 97 Sportster, and it's yes. not, and I'm not, and it not have, I have a 97 Sportster, yes. and I not having any mechanical experience, I rebuilt the carb. Okay. But uh, it seems a cough and puff from air, yes. from the air filter area, yes, or the breather bolts. Uh, I'm not sure what the problem is. It's um, weak. <laughs> uh, I, I, you'd like to know some solutions for this problem. Okay, so whenever a bike... Hold on, I have an aftermarket oh, oh, oh. air filter. Everything else is stocked to my knowledge. Thank you for any help. And I'd like to say that uh, Mike's a badass who cruises hard. Hopefully he's still there, especially since where I'm I'm at, he's the only cruiser at it. Oh, he thinks that we Mike's the only cruiser at it. I think he is. I don't think anyone else rides a cruiser, huh? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for all the enter- entertainment and... Uh, yeah, you know, right Mike. It, Mike is extremely badass. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you know he used to cage fight? What? You're kidding me! No, I swear to God, he used to cage. He fight. was a cage fighter. He, he wow. like fought like three or four fights or something. And he was undefeated. Remind Jeez. me to be nicer to him. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a bouncer too in Florida. Wow, Mike Good. is very storied. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Good lord. Yeah. Well, well, well. You find out something new about someone every day. <laughs> so look. Everyone out there, if your bike is coughing back through the air filter, there's only two things that's going to cause that. One is extremely unlikely, one is a little more likely. The extremely unlikely one is it's running too far advanced. Now, in the old days of points, if you set your points gap too big, yeah, the bike would be too far advanced and it'd cough back through the carburetor. Mm -hmm. These days we haven't got points, we've got electronic ignition. It's highly unlikely that your ignition timing's changed. It has happened, it's happened in the past, it will happen in the future. But on a bone stock 97 Sportster, he's coughing back through the carburetor. He doesn't say how many miles he's got on it. Carburation's too lean. So... What could cause carburation to be too lean? Um, well, you say he's got an aftermarket air filter on there. That could cer- do it. Yeah, that could certainly cause it. 
what's more likely, and a, a lot of things that people don't realize, fuel has changed. Since 97, mm -hmm. the actual formula for fuel has changed. And I've noticed this a lot on older Hondas. The standard carburetor settings for older Hondas just won't cut it in 2018 because the fuel you'd get back then even in the mid 80s was very very much more combustible than the stuff we're using now there's a, a lot less ethanol it was it, it had a higher octane rating it was just better fuel so if you're coughing back through the carburetor what you need to do is you need to fatten it up and usually i find if you've got stock settings what i'm guessing is probably happening is when he just opens it up it's coughing back then so if he raises the needle if you're if you've got an adjustment on the needle which means there's a little circlip that holds the needle and there's five grooves and they usually lives in the middle if it's in the middle move it down if you move the circlip from the middle groove to the one down you're raising the needle that'll usually take care of it if it's a Mikuni um, that hasn't got any adjustment on the needle, just get a couple of three or four millimeter washers, put them under the circlip, and that's going to do the same thing. It's going to raise the needle. It will work magic. Trust me. Um, the other thing is, I think, sports, uh, sports, that that bike might have an accelerator pump on it. And if it does, does that show in the email? Oh, uh, let me call it up. It is a 97 Sportster. Okay. I don't know. I want to say that was a that was a, the Super E. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what that means. I yeah, I mean. If you want to look it up. It's carbureted. <laughs> the way to tell if it's got an accelerator pump is take the air filter off and actually look into the carburetor and open the throttle. And if you see like a squirt of gas being squirted down the bore of the carburetor into the engine. She's a squirter. She's a squirter. <laughs> um, and that circuit, you can actually adjust it. You can get more of a throw on it. So it doesn't sound like a, a bad problem. I'm guessing it's probably just a little bit lean on the on on the needle. And he just yeah. needs to jack that needle up a little bit. My Superhawk would do that occasionally. Go, Yeah. You know, carbureted bikes do. Um, just as a reminder, there isn't a bike on the road that won't thank you for being run on premium. Use good quality gas. Um, when I run the Guzzi on Chevron or 76, it is noticeably cleaner than if I run it on Arco. I mean, mm. I'll run it on whatever is available, but better gas, actually, it does run better. And of course, I run it on premium. Yeah. So just run it on the best gas you can. Keep it clean. Um, and good luck. Let me know how you get on with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, thanks for writing in, guy. Yeah, thank you. What else we got? I think you're up, Mike. All right, all right. So I've got something here actually from uh, your neck of the woods, Emma. Hello. This is from Fraser in, let me see if I'm saying this right, Wiltshire, United Kingdom. Oh, God. Those you bastards. Americans. What is It's Wiltshire. Wiltshire. Wiltshire sauce? Wilt? No, that's Worcester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God Almighty. That, that, that's what I said, right? Wiltshire? Yes. Wiltshire. No, right. don't, not w sure. Wiltshire. You don't need to. Okay, Wiltshire. It's a very nice neck of the woods, Wiltshire. Down south. It's down it's south. The Shire of the Wilts? Uh, it is Shire. Yeah, it's a. It, it, yes. Well, good for him. I'm glad to hear he's doing well. This is from Fraser. I think they've got. Fraser, have they got the Vale of the White Horse down there? It's amazing. It's like a Stone Age white horse. It's a giant thing painted on a hillside, and it's been there for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. I think that's in Wiltshire. Anyway, carry on, Fraser. Um, Fraser just wanted to let us uh, let us know about a couple of products that he's had a lot of success with, so I'll just read the letter to you. Yes. Uh, great podcast. Keep it up. Listening to you guys on Monday, I thought I'd share a couple of products to help with uh, lubing your chain. Ooh. Well, yes, knock lights lube, don't you, I knock? Because nobody wants lube everywhere. One is from the UK, and yes. I think, but it ships to the US, and the okay. other product is from the US, and they can't get it in the UK. So that's mm. uh, he's saying that uh, Chainmate is a UK product that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm familiar with that stuff. And then the other is Grease Ninja. 
Grease Ninja. Huh? Right? Hmm. Which is, you know, knock if ever there was a chain loop with your freaking name on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what the fuck this is. Oh, it's an automatic oiling system. Is that huh. what it is? What? So, P.S., he says he's got a 1980 Honda CB750 and an 03 Speedmaster Triumph. Okay, both good bikes. Oh, no, it's... What is it? Oh, it's still... What is this? So, um... Yeah, you wanted to oh, talk a little. A okay. You wanted to talk a little bit about automatic changing chain lubing systems, didn't you? Knock. Uh yeah. Don't 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 get them. Well, <laughs> there is some history behind these things. Yeah, so, I know. yeah. So, what if I just have an output shaft leak? Yeah, that, <laughs> that's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's there are bikes that used to have something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All old Harleys. Yeah. Well. Total loss. I thought it was a, a British thing. Yeah, it was a British yeah. thing. So Britain has quite a nasty climate for looking after your bike. Um, mm -hmm. Rains a lot, which is bad. Lots of salt on the road in the winter, which is also bad. And, you know, us Brits, we ride our bikes all year round. And it's surrounded by ocean. Too. Surrounded by oceans. So lots of salt. Lots yeah. of salt everywhere. So way back in the 1960s, and for all I know in the 1950s, a lot of British bikes had a automatic chain lube system, and mm -hmm. basically it was a controlled drip. Is the best way to describe it. But it was was it motor oil? Um, usually, it was the primary chain case oil. In the case of uh, BSAs, uh, uh, uh. and so that what they do is they just put a little spigot on the back of the primary chain case. And every once in a while, you know, the oil level would go to the back of the spigot and you just go boop and drip a bit on the chain. And, you know, it worked okay. Norton took it one stage further and they actually tapped into the return oil line and actually had a reducing valve. And so it had actually pump oil over the chain. I mean, the reality is it pumped oil all over the back of the bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is before oiling chains or? Oh yeah, well before. Okay, that's and the thing is, the way British bikes were set up, and Harleys are kind of set up the same way, but there's a little more real estate on a Harley. On a British bike, an old British bike, you'd have the transmission and you'd have the countershaft sprocket what we in England call the gearbox sprocket stuck on the end of the transmission. Well, that's the same as normal bikes. But a Japanese bike, the primary drive, which is basically the means of the engine driving the transmission, is on the right side and it's internal, it's gears. Mm -hmm. Well, on a British bike, it was on the left and it was done by a chain and that hung outboard of the gearbox sprocket so there's a couple of things if you wanted to change your gearbox sprocket it was a pain in the ass because you had to dismantle the whole primary side of the bike mm. same as on a harley the second thing there's very very limited amount of room there's it, the chain basically runs in a slot between the primary chain case and the transmission and you simply didn't have room for an o-ring chain in a lot of cases you didn't have room for a heavy duty chain You've really got to be careful what chains you put on these things, these British bikes. Because if you go too wide, it just gouges the cases and makes an ungodly noise. Yeah. Um, and gives it even more excuse to leak oil all over your yeah. mum's kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah, the modern version of that is a Scott oiler. And, well, uh, Scott oilers have been around forever. Scott oilers yeah. have been around since I was doing, you know, my yeah. beginning biking thing. And I bought a new Scott Oiler in 1978 and regretted it about a week later. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. It's like, what it is, is it's an automatic lubing system, but what it comes down to is, like, you're just being lazy doing maintenance well, inspection. <laughs> like, you gotta you check your fucking chain. Well, a Scott Oiler you know? is, is a, a very well-designed thing. Right. It's it, it works off vacuum of the engine. There's a metering valve. Yeah. It, it, it's a wonderful thing. But at the end of the day, you're flinging oil all over the back of the bike. Mm. And there really isn't a substitute for getting the back end of the bike up, cleaning off the chain, adjusting it, and lubing it. Yep. And, and, and inspecting it, that's, looking and, at it. Yeah. yeah. The entire kind of holistic approach to it, too, is like... Have some time with your bike, check the chain, look 
at parts of your bike. Have a relationship yeah. with your bike. I mean, exactly. I closed the garage door, I dimmed the lights, I put on some Shaw Day. Oh, dear <laughs> God. I put on some Shaw Day and, like, let's get this That's thing right. done. That's right. <laughs> Are you a smooth operator? <laughs> East to coast. <laughs> yes. Um, North to south, Shaw Day. But, you know, <laughs> to be fair, back in the day, Every single bike of a certain size you'd buy had a center stand. Mm-hmm. Now, they're rare as hen's teeth. I know, Jim, your FZ1's got a center stand. Yeah, yeah. and because uh, I'm doing so many miles, it comes in really handy. Exactly. It's very, very hard to maintain a bike with a chain without a center stand. It, yeah, and I'm, yeah, and I'm looping the chain weekly. I mean, if not, sometimes twice a week. I mean, it's, right. so it's pain in the ass if you know a center stand. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, automatic chain oilers. I mean, in certain scenarios, I can see them working. The best situation of all is if you put the chain out of harm's way in a fully enclosed chain case, but nobody has ever designed a fully enclosed chain case that doesn't look completely goofy. (laughs) You know, there are some that look better than others, but dear God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all look pretty grim. Yeah. You know, um, so... Chains, there is no more efficient way of getting power from the engine to the rear wheel. And that's why we stick with them. I mean, it's basically, it's Victorian architecture, but there simply isn't a more efficient way. Shaft drives are great. They're very, very clean. They've gotten a lot better, but they still sap power, which is why it's very, very hard to find a shaft drive sport bike. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to get power from the transmission to that back wheel with a minimum amount of drag it's got to be a chain it's better than a shaft it's better than a belt it's better than anything else it's the most efficient way but it does require maintenance for sure tra-la-la can't yeah. live with them, can't live without them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess you can live with them. Well, you know, it's been a kind of short show this week. It is. Um, you know, Liza's on her way to Vintage Days. I'm going to be there next week. We're going to be hanging out with uh, Phil Waters and his crew from yep. Cleveland Moto. And I'll be there. Yeah. I'm flying to Boston tomorrow to continue my ride uh, now. For uh, hold on. Part, okay. Yeah. Part. Let's talk about this just really quickly. So yeah. you're flying out to fucking Boston. Yeah. And what do you do now? So I'm, I'm con- continuing my journey. This is part two. Uh, part one was the Cannonball Run and the ride up the East Coast that I did a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to be riding from Boston to Vintage Motorcycle Days with uh, Stephanie Yui and Anita from uh, Chickastan. Sweet. And uh, so we're going to be riding three Vespa GTS 250s <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> out to Vintage Motorcycle Days. And uh, I hope you barrel race those things. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to ride mine the rest of the way home. So. <laughs> and uh, and then from there. Uh, oh, wait, you're riding at home? From, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm riding at home. Wait a minute. Uh, you're going to do an iron butt, aren't you? I'm planning on doing a, a 1,500-mile iron butt oh. in 36 hours on the way back from Ohio. Fuck. Dang. Yeah. So, now, how do you verify that? I mean, is there a governing body that you need to verify it with? The Iron Butt Association. Right. And so you were actually going to register for the iron butt. Oh, you're, yeah. you're pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've, yep. done, you've, you've done one before, I, haven't yes, you? I've done the 1,000-mile yeah. iron butt on the same bike. And I uh, figured this is the perfect opportunity to do a 1500 because it's a long way to get home. Yeah, because fuck it. And yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> long and flat and, you know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's you know, just go haul ass. Earn something from about it. Yeah. Your butt needs a good resume. Yeah. I always, <laughs> I always get a little bit of shit for touring on my DRZ 400. Um, Especially but, when you have a Harley in the garage. But, <laughs> well, yeah. But this, I mean, that's like that's that's on a scooter. Yeah, like two fifty. I, I still don't own a bike that I'd feel comfortable doing a thousand and twenty four on. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's not comfortable doing a thousand and twenty four on that bike. <laughs> like, I, I still don't have a bike where it's even conceivable. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I do. Apparently, the well, DRZ, because if you sure. could do it on a scooter, you could. <laughs> yeah, add a add a tour tank, and you know, I just love my ass. Oil. I love my ass too much. Yeah, I couldn't. There, there's no, sacrifice involved. No, you're going for an iron ass. I have like I have. Have like a uh, soft know, supple a velvet yeah like yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. i've got an air so <laughs> yeah so leza apparently is uh she's one of the speaking her and the chickistan yeah, people are, thing, yeah. right yeah bex and henry on their way out too i think oh. they're leaving around now they're so, gonna be right yeah, across there, country too. there are a lot of misfits out of town now um i have more good news for our listeners or yeah. bad news depending on your point of view do you know what happens next week what happens next week? It's or- America's birthday. America. 
America. Because yeah. this America, goddammit. Yeah. That's right. And Independence Day. It is Independence Day, Day. And there ain't going to be a podcast. I'm yeah. S- yeah. No, but we, right. we will be down at Corbin's having a good time. So here's what my suggestion is. Please be patient because we're going to do a podcast... Oh, well, we're not doing one next week. Is it going to be two probably weeks the week or three? After or something. It's probably yeah. going to be the week after. We will do a podcast the following week, but Saturday, which is the 6th of July? 7th, I think. 7th. Come out and see us at Corbin. I'm going to be there. Naked Jim's going to be there. Maybe a couple of other misfits are going to be there. Come yeah, and we'll hang roll with out. us. Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we might be doing the Vetter Challenge, too. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So we hook up with Craig Vetter, see who can... Well, well you in know, our case, it'll be the least fuel efficient. Well, Isaac <laughs> got a ridiculous figure on his SD1100 a couple of years back, and I intend to get a worse MPG figure with a Guzzi. Right. Mm-hmm. These other guys on the electric bikes will do it to the airport and back right, in the Right, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get that thing down to around 20 mpg if i do it right yeah so, so i can have... think of really good ways to cheat on that one but, yeah absolutely you know, uh... but in any case um we'll be out there come and visit with us it's yeah. gonna be great i'm really looking forward to it well it's corbin's 50th birthday party so mike's throwing a big party at the factory and I mean, he has a party every year but yeah it's but we've year. we've talked about mike before but just a brief reminder i mean mike is if you want to talk about motorcycling in america you you have to mention a few key names and Mike Corbin is one of them mm-hmm. the guy's hard for a number of reasons yeah yeah he really is so and he's super friendly like the nicest yeah. guy so yep. oh and so that's cool and before we go yes I have one uh, update just in yeah from Liza cool oh, yeah. blimey she writes to us from yes. Cheyenne Wyoming she says made it to Cheyenne yes getting a steak dinner wow hey. she's happy. is that it that's it and hopefully some night bananas too like, yeah, I'm gonna have a diet. She's always on the hunt well. for a night banana. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so on that note, yeah. So uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, and thanks for the emails. Thanks for the emails, and you can find all of our stuff at motorcyclesandmisfits.com. And it's time for my ass sucky up time. Thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. Yes. Without you, there would be no misfits. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Yeah, I can't overestimate I, I can't overstate that without our patreon subscribers we we really would be nothing so thanks guys yep, yep you know totally. it's, even the guys who contribute a couple of bucks five bucks a month we we love you all mm-hmm. thank you so that's it it's yeah. the end of the show well, let's get out of here yes i think um i think that's it so um josh okay josh this is emma mm-hmm. bagel smoke weed every day <laughs> Michael Jay and Ashley We out of here Cool, cool, cool. cool.